1: You're listening to
0: a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Australia is about to host a huge lineup of singing superstars. Good day, Australia. Paul McCartney here. And listen, I'm coming down to see you. Big, big news. Robbie Williams has announced that he'll be returning to Australia in November
1: 2023. I've been planning something for a while.
0: But while we're desperate to get out of our pandemic years and back into the live experiences we missed, The price of a ticket to one of these shows is a heck of a lot more expensive than it used to be, some posting that they'd outlaid thousands just to be in the crowd for upcoming shows. Today, we find out why ticket prices are up and where that money goes once it leaves your bank account. But first, news headlines for Friday, August four. Lizzo has hit back at those accusing her of creating a toxic work environment, saying she is not the villain. The singer took to social media to refute the claims being made by several former dancers who toured with her, who claimed they were forced to touch nude performers in Europe, were fat-shamed and racially targeted by the singer's production company. Lizzo says, I am not here to be looked at as the victim, but I also know that I am not the villain that people in the media have portrayed me to be these last few days. She goes on to explain that she's very open with her sexuality in expressing herself, but that she cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make her out to be something that she is not. WA Senator Linda Reynolds is suing former staffer Brittany Higgins over social media posts. Ms Reynolds is alleging Ms Higgins defamed her in the posts and that she breached a settlement contract from 2021 that contained a non-disparagement clause, meaning Higgins was not allowed to speak negatively about the senator. Ms Reynolds is seeking aggravated damages and another injunction to stop any further breaches of the settlement contract. The senator saying previously issued notices of concern have not stopped Ms Higgins and responses from her lawyer make it clear she has no intention of doing so. About three hours before his scheduled court appearance in Washington, Donald Trump left his golf club in New Jersey and headed to the airport to face charges that he led a wide-ranging conspiracy built on lies to overturn the 2020 presidential election. He is expected to enter a not-guilty plea when he does face the judge in a courtroom just one kilometre from the Capitol building where his followers rioted in January 2021 in an attempt to interrupt the formal count confirming new President Joe Biden. This indictment is the... The third in four months for Trump. He's also pled not guilty to federal charges that he retained classified documents after leaving office and New York state charges that he falsified documents in connection to hush money paid to several people in the lead up to the 2016 election, including porn star Stormy Daniels. Two-time tournament winners, Germany, have made a shock exit from the Women's World Cup. The world number two ranked side were held to a one-all draw with South Korea in Brisbane last night to finish third in Group F and miss the knockout phase for the first time. Morocco beat Colombia in Perth 1-0 to put them into second place, pushing them through to the round of 16. There's been an upset at the Nepal World Cup with the Diamonds going down to England 56-55. The Aussies will now go on to face Jamaica in the semi-finals, the fourth-ranked side taking down defending champions New Zealand in another shock result of the tournament. England will face New Zealand unless South Africa can score an unlikely massive win over Uganda. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. The list of stars heading to Australia in the next 12 months is quite epic. Taylor Swift caused internet and Swifty breakdowns when her tickets went on sale for the Australian shows just recently.
1: A record demand for tickets. Yesterday there were scenes of Tay Tay Cray Cray right across the country as fans logged into the Ticketek website and tried to get those pre-sale tickets. It was serious mayhem
0: just this week we had confirmed former Beatles, so Paul McCartney's headed our way this year, as is Evanescence, Culture Club, Kiss, Charlie Puth, Sam Smith, Def Leppard and Motley Crue, Robbie Williams, Coldplay, Paramore, Post Malone, Foo Fighters, 50 Cent and Harry Connick Jr., to name a few. And the names keep coming in 2024. Louis Tomlinson, Blink 182, Pink, Taylor Swift, the Jonas Brothers, Niall Horan and more are also headed our way. A smorgasbord of big names performing for us, some for the first time and some for the last. But while the excitement levels are building for so many great gigs to come, the anxiety levels about actually securing tickets and the price tags attached to those seats is rising too. Swifties shelled out anywhere from $79.90 for G reserve through to $379 for A reserve seats. VIP packages that included exclusive merch ranged from $349 to $1,249. The Jonas Brothers cheapest tickets are $111. The most expensive, $987. To see Paul McCartney, you can sit up the back for $100 or up front with a VIP package at $2,350 per person. During a cost of living crisis, it's a tough decision to make. Will you get the chance to see these artists live ever again? Can I justify that money to get the better seats closer to the stage to actually experience that live show? But while you wrestle with the budget, the other big question mark hanging over these tickets is where does that money go? Do the artists make a ton of cash off a tour? And why do we get charged delivery fees on a ticket we book ourselves online and then have sent to our email or phone? Tim McGregor is the managing director of TEG Live, the promoter currently behind live tours like Delta Goodrum, Kiss, Culture Club and Pete Murray. Tim, there's a whole lot of great talent coming our way soon, but we're hearing that artists are actually making less from touring in 2023, but tickets are more expensive. What's happening?
1: Look, I think it's a global phenomenon. We're not immune to it. In fact, in many respects, we are over-indexed as far as costs are concerned for artists to come to Australia. That's both... A typical sort of tour deal with an artist will make them responsible for paying their own way to come to Australia. That's sort of been the industry standard. There are exceptions. Every deal is different. But ultimately, we ask artists to come to Australia, to bring their show to Australia. So the costs of freight are absolutely astronomical. The uncertainty of freight also is problematic. So the lead times required are elongated, which just means more cost. And, you know, the cost of bringing... Whole tour party to Australia have also increased local costs in Australia, have also increased really substantially, whether it's production costs, hotel costs, venue costs, etc. So, whilst we are a very strong live entertainment market and we buy a lot of tickets, even in the face of economic doom and gloom, which is great to see, there's been some huge on sales and lots of tickets sold over the last year coming out of COVID the pure cost related to touring has exploded across the board. So we're all confronting that and international artists are seeing that and that means that the fees that we need to pay them go up and that is then reflected in ticket prices.
0: Who sets the actual price of a ticket? Because we see such a vast range of prices depending on the artist. Like, you know, we've seen people laying out thousands of dollars in some instances and then others might only pay a few hundred. How is the ticket price set?
1: The ticket price is typically a discussion that occurs between the representatives of the artists and the promoter to obviously have sufficient income to cover the costs and to generate a sufficient return to make it worthwhile. In proceeding with a major project. Like anything, the financial participants in the tour need to feel as though it's worthwhile doing from an economic perspective. And so you take the bucket of costs that you need to forecast into a tour and you look at what makes sense in terms of getting a return back for those participants. And then that spits out essentially a per head, a per ticket cost that's required. And then you look at those ticket prices relative to what similar artists are charging across in the market at around the same time and you decide whether you can possibly charge those sorts of ticket prices or not and what the sort of, you know, brackets of prices you, you can charge. And, you know, often those really high ticket prices are related to proximity to the stage. Sometimes they have a bunch of inclusions if they're a VIP package. And of course, the further away you are from the stage, the lower the ticket price. And so some artists will have only two or three ticket prices. Some of them have as many as 10 which you know, reflect, I guess, their granular view of each seat and what it might be worth to a potential ticket purchaser. But it is done in a fairly fluid context of seeing what other artists are charging across the board and is that those sorts of ticket prices and the volumes you expect to sell going to be sufficient to cover your costs and to generate a return.
0: Can we talk about something that, Annoys a lot of people who buy tickets, and that's the range of fees that are attached to it by the company who actually does the ticketing process. So, service fees, order processing fees, delivery fees, too, which is interesting, seeing as most of us do it online and get it via email. Are those fees justified somewhere along the line?
1: It's obviously a hot topic when you know the fees can end up being pretty significant, but I certainly know from the experience we had through COVID, for example, where multiple tours were rescheduled, were cancelled, where the customer contacts that each of the ticketing companies had to go through in order to provide refunds or to change dates. It was an extraordinary amount of work and there was no additional fees that the ticketing companies were being paid to do all of that work. There are literally millions of customer contacts in terms of managing that process. Now, that's obviously a very unusual scenario, but the reality is that even though it might be a seamless you know, online transaction and you get your ticket, you don't really understand why there might be cost attached to that. The ticketing companies have an army of people who are, I guess, engaged to deal with customer service and to manage the seating arrangements together with the venues, to manage all of the elements of essentially ensuring that patrons have a smooth experience buying their tickets, getting into the venues and getting their seats. And so... I don't envy ticketing companies what they have to go through in order to manage that process. We as a promoter are very happy that we have a ticketing company that sits between us and the customer in many respects because they're dealing with thousands and thousands of queries and sometimes complaints, sometimes just simple operational issues. And they also handle a huge chunk of the marketing that we need to do in terms of reaching those audiences. So the ticketing fees are also a function of the relationship that they have with the venues. And so we as a promoter and the artists don't have any real control over those fees. But certainly when you see sometimes when there are tours that might go wrong, need to be rescheduled or cancelled or, or there just happens to be a lot of customers who have inquiries, then the ticketing company really leads the charge as far as that's concerned. So they can earn their money when that happens, that's for sure.
0: Can we talk about venue to venue? So we're talking about a big tour here. They might be in football stadiums or you know entertainment centers and they have different size you know arenas different amounts of seats and yet the tickets seem to be pretty much the same across the board depending on where you want to sit in the venue how is it that rent I'm presuming is different from venue to venue too how can you keep tickets a similar price when you're going from venue to venue
1: most of the similar size venues arenas tend to have similar rental structures so and they tend to have Pretty similar cost structures as well. And so you can have a little bit of uniformity as far as that is concerned. Sometimes there are outliers, you know, that venues might be charging more or there might be costs associated with operating that venue, which require a different approach to ticket pricing. But, you know, it's not in a vacuum. You have to look at ticket prices in the context of what else is being charged, you know, in other markets and also just in terms of which are strong markets, which are weaker markets. Melbourne and Sydney, typically very strong. Brisbane's pretty good usually. Adelaide is a tougher market. And Perth is a long way to go and often has huge additional costs for freight across to somewhere as isolated and remote as Perth. But certainly we've seen a very strong ticket buying market there. So it's looking at the cost of everything and you're also looking at what you can charge in each market. And that means that sometimes the ticket prices you can establish sometimes there are differences between different states different cities sometimes it's the exactly the same prices but you might have more of a top price ticket in a stronger market like melbourne and sydney than you think you can possibly achieve in somewhere like adelaide so sometimes that uniformity from a patron perspective you look at it and you think oh that's strange that it's the same in every market but the volume of those tickets in each market is most likely quite different
0: so we know everyone needs to make money from a tour, and putting a tour on in 2023 with all the cost of living increases isn't cheap. But is there any way to get your hands on a ticket that's a little less expensive?
1: You know, I get asked this by friends of mine quite often. I think they've now come to understand, I've been doing this for 30 years, that asking me to find them a ticket at the front end of a tour gets announced is really challenging because even our competitive promoters, you know, we have a fairly established routine between us that we all pay for tickets, you know, and any of our friends and family, they pay for tickets. If people are desperate to see the show, then they really need to buy it early because, you know, it could sell out straight away or the tickets that are available at a later point in time are not what they hope for in terms of getting access to the show. As we get closer to the show, sometimes there are opportunities that pop up because things like, for example, there's a better understanding of the production specifics of a particular show and sometimes what we have done is we've held off banks of seats or extra volume extra capacity in a venue until we really understand the production and how the lighting is going to sit what the video screens are going to do in terms of sight lines to view the stage etc and when the production team actually do all that work and figure it out Sometimes we see hundreds, sometimes thousands of tickets become available quite late in the piece. And some of them are really great seats, you know. So if people are sort of a bit relaxed about whether they go or not and waiting to see if there's opportunities to buy tickets, I wouldn't necessarily say cheaper, but actually get access to them closer to the show, then sometimes those things pop up. But I would always say to anyone, if it's a fan you are passionate about, then you do need to get in early to make sure you guarantee that you're getting yourself a ticket and no there won't be any ability to find a cheaper way to buy tickets in that context no
0: the quickie is produced by myself claire murphy and our executive producer kelly borg with audio production by tegan sadler